I'm praying you know him better. And then he prays for the spirit of revelation so that they will also know who they are as well in verses 18 and 19. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So there's a two-pronged prayer here. He's praying for revelation so that first they, or let's say we, will know God, and second, that we will know who we are in him. Both things, know him and know who he has called us to be. And I think this is true, that the more that we get to know God, the more we discover who we are, the more we discover who we're meant to be. And this isn't in a sort of like navel-gazing, know your Myers-Briggs and your colors kind of way, although that's all fun. But this is, who are you called to be? Why are you created? Why are you put on this planet at this time? And the more we get to know him, the more that becomes clear. Um, I feel like our lives are a little bit like, um, like an art restoration. Uh, God has created us, each one of us, specifically as this gorgeous masterpiece, like, you know, the old master's paintings. And over time, grime and dirt and, you know, sometimes like Victorian painters painting fig leaves over bits that shouldn't be seen, it gets messed up, doesn't it? And as we get to know God, as we spend time in his presence, he starts to take off the layers and he starts to reveal the true beauty of who we are. We start to understand who we are, a bit like this lady here who's, you know, being a bit cleaned up, yeah? And, and that spending time in his presence, getting to know him means we get the, the real who we are is revealed. So I think the question is, how well do we know God? How do we see him? And then from that, how, how well do you know who you are? How do you see yourself? And is your perspective aligned with God's perspective? Your perspective on God, your perspective on the world, and your perspective on yourself, are they the same as his? Our thinking and our belief systems determine our perspective. How we see God, ourselves, and the world, and our purpose in it. Our belief systems become the lenses through which we see reality. So these belief systems are formed how? Well, through our family, through our culture, and through the experiences that we have in life. They can be positive, and they can also be really negative. We begin to believe things that may or may not be true. And sometimes these negative things are the things that stop us from really knowing who we are in Christ, and they pre prevent us from doing the works that were prepared in advance for us to do. So here's my own example from my own life. I spent a lot of years feeling like I wasn't very good at anything, uh, constantly comparing myself to other people, thinking, well, I've got these burning things in my heart I want to do for God, but if I was more like so-and-so, I could do it. You know, like, I keep trying, but I'm not as good as, you know, there was lots of that comparison that held me back. I always felt less capable, less attractive, less fun, felt insecure, self-conscious, all of these things. And it didn't really matter how much people told me those things weren't true, because they were deep inside me. And I had difficulty trusting that God was actually good, and I had difficulty believing that he was going to be good to me. And all of that held me back from 
doing the things that he wanted me to do. So I need some help up here. I need some volunteers. Anybody want to come and help me? Come on, you two. <laughs> All right. Um, right, I need somebody to put these on. Go on. Okay. So Aideen. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> Aideen is... Um, She's not seeing things through the right perspective. She's got a mask on. Um, how well do you see through those? Excellent answer. Not very well, yeah. She's got on the glasses that her family experiences, that her growing up traumas, that the pressures of the world have put on her, and she's not quite herself, and she doesn't see herself as herself. Um, and I want us to start thinking, what are the lies that the enemy has trapped you in? What are the things that he's put in your head that you're believing about yourself that has you being not quite who you are? And you'll know this um, mostly from, from the self-talk that you have, right? What is it that you, um, oh, she lost her nose. <laughs> Sorry about that. What is it that you, um, that you are saying to yourself? on a regular basis. You know, like I was saying, you're not quite good enough. You're not as good as so-and-so. I mean, there are hundreds of possibilities, but some of them might be like, you should be working harder. You should have achieved more by this time and by this point in your life. Um, you need money to prove that you're worth anything. Um, it might be things like, don't show your emotions ever. You can be strong and carry on. It might be just, um, you know, an anxiety, like something terrible is about to happen to me. I need to be in control all the time. It might be something like, I don't know if I can trust God. I certainly can't trust people. It might be something like, there isn't enough to go around, so I'm going to have to scrabble and, and grind to get what I need. It might be you aren't enough. It might be no one wants to hear your voice, or you're too much trouble, or life is just going to be hard. Uh, I have to get things th through things on my own. Nobody's going to be there for me. We aren't true. These beliefs, and we're seeing life through these beliefs that aren't true. Um, and we need to start to be restored in our minds. So we have the Holy Spirit who comes to us. Oh, no, you have to do it on, on our friend here. You're the Holy Spirit, yeah. Who helps to remove from us the lies that we've been believing and helps to, us to see life through his perspective. Yes. <laughs> so much better, right? So this is Paul praying, um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Okay? So we've got the Holy Spirit working in Aideen to start to shift her perspective. Thanks, guys. You can sit down for now. Thank you very much. Um, this is what the Bible talks about in Romans 12 when he says... Um, don't conform to the pattern of this world. So the, these are all the things that the world tells you are important. But be renewed, no, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what we just had a demonstration of here is the change of mind, a renewing of the mind so that we see things differently. How do we get our minds renewed? How do we start seeing things the way that God sees them? Thinking the things that he thinks. 
One of the lovely things that I've observed in my uh, obviously long life is that uh, often you start, we start to see scientific discoveries or breakthroughs that just confirm what the Bible's been saying for several hundred years. And I think one of them is around the renewing of the mind because science is now talking about brain plasticity. We used to believe that your brain was set, that your personality was set, and now we realize that it's really malleable and changeable. So if we, start, if we think a certain way, and we do it more than once, a neural pathway is created in our brains. And the more we have that thought over and over again, the wider and stronger that neural pathway gets. And because we're generally lazy people, we choose the path of least resistance. And so every time a certain situation comes up, we just think, oh, I'm going to fail at this. And we go down that, that pathway again. But science is brilliantly showing us that our brains are plastic and we can make new connections and we can shut down those old ones. And this is where I think the work of the Holy Spirit comes in. How do we get our, remind, our minds renewed? Well, if we go back to verse 17, he, Paul prays that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay, I'm going to say that I think the spirit of wisdom is the scriptures. Okay? I think we get all of our wisdom from the Bible. And so the more we spend time marinating our thinking and our brains in the scriptures, the more we begin to get our minds renewed. Many times when I was kind of in my healing journey, not that it's over, but you know, when I was in the thick of it, I would be going down some emotional plug hole and I'd literally have to speak to myself like a child and say, stop this, stop. And I'd sit down and get out my Bible and say, what does God say about me? Who does he say I am? And I'd speak those things over myself and I'd read them and I'd declare them to my soul until I felt differently, okay? So this is renewing our minds through the scripture. That's the spirit of wisdom, I would like to say. We need to be meditating on scripture. We need to be listening to it. We need to be singing it, memorizing it's a really good idea. We need to be soaking ourselves in it, and it starts to transform the way we think. Because the truth of Scripture is the truth, and it doesn't always match the reality that we see, but it is the truth. So we need to declare that over ourselves. The other thing is the spirit of revelation, and I feel like that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of revelation. So that's things like what we were doing tonight. Anyone feel different after that worship time tonight? Yeah. It's that spending that time with him, allowing the spirit to fill us up. It's waiting on the spirit, just sitting at home saying, Holy Spirit, come fill me up. It's praying in tongues. It's singing in tongues. It's meditating on the spirit, being with him in the presence of God. And we start to, to, to switch from the wrong glasses to the right glasses, okay? Um... Yeah, we need to start to get God's perspective on who we are. Here's one verse in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Look who we are. This is who you are. You might not feel that way, but this is the truth. Yeah? Start to speak this over ourselves, start to believe it, even make a choice to believe it. And we begin to walk in what Paul was praying for the Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened and you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let's go on to verses 18 and 19. 
Oh, that is what I was just saying, sorry. Verses 18 and 19 say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know three things. The hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So he's talking about revelation to know three things. Hope, inheritance, riches of inheritance, and then power. Okay, so we're going to go over those three things. What is the hope that we're called to? I want to say I think it's a life lived in perfect relationship with God. As it was in the garden with nothing between us. And then life with him for all eternity. I mean, that's hope. <laughs> we've got him here. We've got him forever. And it's hope because we're completely loved and completely forgiven. Hope because we are never left to face life alone. No matter what we're going through, we're never left on our own. We have hope because all of the promises of scripture are true. I mean, as an exercise this week, go through and see what the promises of scripture are. Read them all. And read them over yourself. Speak them to yourself. Because they are true. Okay? We get um, that famous millennial favorite, Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has promised to give us a hope and a future. It's true. You have a hope and a future. Start to learn these things. Start to speak them over yourself. This is the hope we're called to. Okay. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? Okay, this is exciting, I think. I want to trace it through the pages of scripture a little bit. Um, what we see at the very beginning is that humans were given the whole earth as our inheritance and we were given the authority to rule over it as well. All right, I need some more help up here. I need, I need an Adam and an Eve. Anybody want to be my Adam and Eve? Come on. I'm going to vote for Rob to be Adam. Is that good, Rob? You don't have to say yes. There's no pressure. Yes? Come on, Rob. Give him a hand. Okay. Um, come on, Zoe. Come and be his Eve. Yes. All right. So, and I need, I need God. Oh. I think, um, go on. <laughs> yes. All right. So here is the great God holding the scepter of authority which I didn't just get from the drawer in the kitchen, but there he is, uh, or she is. It's got the whole earth, all the authority in heaven and earth, creates beautiful Eve and Adam, and walks over to them and says, I give you my authority to rule over the earth. You gotta give it to both of them, hand them the scepter. Yep, you've gotta hold it together. Very good, because we know that it was man and woman together producing the image of God in the earth, okay? And so he says, rule over the earth, take care of the earth, the actual physical earth, and multiply the image of God in the whole earth. There's chaos everywhere outside of the garden, and he's saying, expand the borders of the garden to make the whole earth this beautiful garden where people get along, where animals and people get along, where there's no natural destruction and there's no separation between God and people. Okay, so this is the inheritance we're given right from the beginning. Then we get the wily devil. Shall we have Ben Jones? I can't think of anyone else who could do it better. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Ben Jones, right? 
Right, so he comes, and what does he do? Well, he lies to them, doesn't he? (laughs) He lies to them. He says to them, did God really say that? And do you think that maybe God's holding out good on you? Do you think he's maybe saying, like, I've got wisdom I'm not sharing with you? So he starts to make them think, well, maybe God's not actually good. That's the first lie. Okay, and the second lie he says is, you need wisdom because you don't have it. But actually, what was the truth? They already had it. They were already perfectly made in the image of God, yeah? So these guys turned away from God, sorry, turned away, yeah, disconnected themselves from the source of all goodness and life and love. You have to stay with Eve, Rob. Yeah, you have to stay with her, yeah? You're responsible as well as she, you know? And they gave the authority to the enemy. Yeah, okay, so this is what we've done, and this is why our world is now in chaos, because we've given our authority away. But Paul is saying, I pray that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Okay, now the inheritance we have is his authority. Now, Jesus, yeah, but now you're going to be Jesus, because it's the same, yeah, well, it's the same guy, really, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, he comes and um, stands between don't mind standing between them. Yep, you're doing great. And dies on the cross. Yep. Okay. And through that, the um, Colossians says he disarms the powers and authorities. So he takes back the authority and he gives it back to us. That's the work of the cross. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you, everyone. That is brilliant. Yeah. So what is, the, what is our glorious inheritance in the saints? It's the authority to bring heaven to earth. It's the authority to take all the beauty of the garden and expand it throughout the chaos of the earth. Anybody feel like the earth is in chaos? Yes, okay. But it's our job to expand the borders of the garden, the beauty that God's created. Very clearly, this authority has not been given to our politicians or to anyone else. It's us, guys. It's us who is going to bring that light to the darkness. And and this is a bit what um, Jill was talking about. Wake up. What's the vision God's given you? How are you bringing his kingdom here to earth? But the beauty is that second bit that God graciously gave to Phil which is like, look to me. I know you can't do it, look to me. And that's the last bit. His incomparably great power for us who believe. What is the power? Verse 19, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Wow. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power is available to us. Do we believe that? It says, um, what does it say? 
I thought it said toward us who believe, but it doesn't. Anyway, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That power that caused Jesus' physical body to realign, come up out of the grave, and then ascend to heaven, that power lives in us. So with the vision that we have, it's not up to us doing it on our own. He says, I'm going to fill you with power so that you can do this. And we see that Jesus is now far above every spiritual, political, or natural force. And in fact, Paul says these things are placed under his feet. And here's the mystery. The amazing bit is that we are his body. He has gone to heaven, but he's left his body here. We've been talking about this in the morning service for the last few weeks. And we are his body. So that when Paul says all things are under Jesus' feet... It means all things are under our feet. Genesis 3 says, the woman's seed crushed the serpent's head. And that seed was Jesus. And we're meant to do the same thing. We are meant to be destroying the works of darkness. We are meant to be destroying the works of the evil one. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And he says, we are the fullness of of him who fills everything in every way. And we are meant to be doing that, okay? I'm looking around at this group of people and lots of you are in vocations where you've really got beautiful opportunities to do this. I'm looking at like Chris who works in the corrections thing with young people. Yeah, amazing opportunity. I'm looking at, um, who else was I thinking of? You know, Arnie's in law, brilliant. Um, Nikki's in working with young people with eating disorders. Like, so many of you are vocationally in places where you're bringing light to darkness. You may not be able to talk about Jesus um, openly, but you are there and his spirit is there and you're bringing light in darkness. So this can happen for us vocationally. It can also just happen as we're going about life, as we get to know our neighbors, as we are shopping. I had a funny one on Friday. Uh, and I'm sharing this because <laughs> God's so kind, really. Um, I was coming into my house, and there was this guy walking along. He's, like, drinking a beer. It's quite early in the morning. He was drinking a beer. He had full, like, neck tattoos, and he's shouting at someone quite loudly in the phone. And he started to walk past. And I, I knew God wanted me to say something to him because I know he's one of these trapped people that needs Jesus. And I was like, Jesus, I don't want to talk to any more people to this week. I was trying to have a day off. I was like, I don't want to talk to the people, you know, please, no. So I just um, took my bins, because it was bin day, I took my bins to the back, and then I had to come back for the second one. And isn't he sitting on the wall outside my house? So then I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. It was just kind of God to give me a second chance, you know? So I'm like, Jesus, what does he need? And then this is where the power of God comes in because I'm like, I need a word for him because there's nothing I can say to this guy that's going to help. So I just, I just had this image, this is hilarious, of um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson because that's the Holy Spirit, obviously. Um, so, and I just felt like God said, tell him that he always thought that Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the rock, but I'm the real rock. So I go up to him and I'm like, Hi. <laughs> Can I, can I, I, I'm, I try and listen to Jesus. Can I tell you what I think? 
Jesus might be saying to you, and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I pray, and I'm like, okay, great, but I, I think Jesus might be saying something to you. Could I just tell you? And he's like, yeah, all right then. And I said, I feel like when you were a kid, you really like idolized Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and uh, God says, I'm the real rock. You can depend on me, and if your life feels all chaotic, I'm the rock, and he's like, yeah, I was kind of infatuated by him as a kid. And I was like, oh, praise the Lord. And, uh, and I said, well, Jesus wants to be your rock. And he's like, oh, I got goosebumps. And I said, great. And I said, bless you. And that was it. And I took my bins in. And that's, you know, that nothing more happened because he was a drunk man on the front of my house. I didn't want to spend lots of time with him. But, um, you know, like I, he will know that Jesus knows him, right? This is a tiny thing. It took me five minutes. I didn't want to do it. God gave me another chance. Thank you, Lord. And, um, you know, we've got the power to start to affect people's lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah? So, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. What are we doing to fill the world? What are we doing to fill this, our society with the fullness of God who already fills everything in every way? I don't understand this because he's already done it, but somehow he wants to partner with us to do it. Somehow he's limiting himself, waiting for us to do it. So that guy could have walked on his merry way. In fact, I did let him walk on his merry way, but he came back and sat in front of my house. But he needed Jesus and he hasn't, you know, it's not the end of his story, but what are we doing to, to fill the little space that we have here on the earth? What are we going to do? Okay. I think these are my three steps. <laughs> we need to spend more time with God and ask for a revelation of who he is and how incredible he is. And then we need to get a revelation of who you are. Start finding our identity as a beloved child of God and resting in that. Yeah, there's so many other things telling us who we are and what our identity is and who we should be. We need to get it from him. Um, and then we need to start walking out in power, asking the Holy Spirit to lead us each day to places and people which need him. I, I heard someone say the other day that every morning when she wakes up, she says, um, God, lead me to the one person who needs you today. Who is it? Who's the one person? That's it. It might be someone on the bus. It might be a neighbor, it might be a colleague at work, it might be a family member, it might be a stranger. But who's the one person who's waiting for you today and what can I do? And it might simply be smiling at someone. <laughs> it, it, it might just be kindness. It might not be an overtly spiritual thing, yeah? But we are his light. So start asking him, who are you? Take off the blinders of the way that I've seen the lies I've believed about you. Take off the blinders of the lies I believed about myself and then send me out. What would it look like if we did this more often? I think we'd see more people meeting Jesus and experiencing his love and his kindness. I think we'd see more healing, more people being set free physically, emotionally, mentally. And I think then we'd begin to see systems change, cultures crumble, and injustice bow to the rule of Jesus. Um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, it's good, right? Yeah. I don't know if you know um, Kit and Emma. They're not here tonight, but um, Emma's working in a law firm, and it's really intense, like long hours, kind of very stressful culture. And she's been praying, Jesus, how do I change the culture in this place? How do I bring the kingdom of heaven into my law firm? 
and it's it's happening in little ways. Um, and you know, one of the things she did last week was organize um, between three offices this scavenger hunt. So she had all these lawyers like just being silly and laughing and getting and caring for each other and working together. And and it's it's a it feels like a small thing. Like she organized a scavenger hunt, but it's like that's a cultural change in that environment. And it's come out of her praying, Lord Jesus, how do we bring your culture here? How do we bring the kingdom here? Well, we bring a bit of laughter and we bring a little bit of camaraderie and teamwork rather than um, a competitive culture, yeah? Um, I just wanna pray for us, okay? So if you wanna stand up, um, why don't you just open up your hands and close your eyes, just so you're not distracted. And the, the open hands just means, Jesus, I'm open to what you want to do in me. And we just want to wait on the Spirit. You could ask him, where do I need my glasses changed? Where do I need a new perspective? Is it on you? Is it on myself? Just listen and see what he says. invite more of your presence, Holy Spirit, come and fill us up. of wisdom and revelation. Just come, we ask that you would open the eyes of our hearts. I just want to invite some people up to receive prayer. Um, if you're struggling with your own identity and you just need a breakthrough in revelation of who you are in Christ. And if you've really identified some negative self-talk or some patterns that you're stuck in, just come on up and we'll pray for you. Um, and those who are stuck in more um, pervasive patterns of feeling or thinking, especially depression and anxiety and self-rejection, even suicidal ideation, if you're stuck in those things, come on up. Um, and I think those who realize they've developed a skewed picture of who God is, and that's often through disappointment or painful experiences. If you want a new perspective of who God is, please come, and we want to pray for you. And also, I think the last group is anyone who's sort of forgotten that we're here on earth on mission, and you want to have a greater focus on the world, um, just come. Just invite people to come up now. You can just stand at the front here. And we'll have a time to pray, to pray for people. I don't know if, there's, if Luz could play a bit. Yeah. yeah. Just come on up if any of those things are you. We're waking up. And we're going to start getting our true identity and true perspective on, on, the li on life. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just open up your hands and just keep receiving from the Spirit. God will be talking to you. He'll start doing things already. 
Anyone else who's not receiving, you can come up and pray. So anyone else can come up and pray for people.